We are live with Living the Guide Life podcast, episode eight. And today we go into some crane madness in Texas. I have Clint Bittner on with Kappa Rock Waterfowl, and owner and founder of High Plains Lanyards, and is straight out of Cahoma, Texas. We go into what it's like to hunt waterfowl down there. And this guy loves shooting cranes, so we go. Uh, we have some fun talking about it. This episode is also brought to you by Chasing Fowl Outfitters. Outfit we run out of Mankato, Minnesota, and the South Metro as well. Go check that out if you're interested on getting on a fun hunt this upcoming season. Uh, you guys will enjoy this one. Hello, this is Chance Pratt with Living the Guide Life, and we're starting off with episode eight with Clint Bittner, and he is a guide down in Texas at Cap Rock Waterfall and owner of High Plains Lanyards. Uh, what's going on, Clint? Oh, not a whole lot. Sitting out here on the back porch enjoying the weather. Absolutely. You said it's like 110 that it gets down there? Yeah, usually this time of year it's already already in the hundreds, but it's a nice mild 82 today. <laughs> not a bad way to do it. How, yeah, um, usually usually we're in the hundreds from uh, May until October. Oh wow! Yeah, it stays pretty warm. Jeez, that's what's the highest it gets up there? Uh, the highest I've seen is like one twelve, one thirteen. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I guess pretty pretty rough. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I yeah. I could not <laughs> do that. I I remember last summer it got up to like I want to say a hundred or maybe 101, 102, and I, I'd even want to go outside. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And for the, like, heat down there, we have, like, it's a lot of humidity up here. What's it like kind of down there? Down here where I'm at is dry. So, oh, okay. like, when it's 110, it, it don't feel like 110. You know, it don't feel like a, like a Louisiana 110. It's, it's totally different. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I know but, when I. Oh, go ahead. Uh, when it when it gets cold, you know that's one of the biggest misconceptions about down here is that it don't get cold. Oh, it, it gets cold down here. I mean, it gets. You know, we'll get snow and everything else. You know, during during bird season, it'll you'll wake up in the morning, it'll be you know eighteen, nineteen degrees, and uh, you know, as soon as the sun pops out, it'll warm up on you. But a lot of people think that. Yeah, I would have. I would have never thought it got that cold down there. Yeah, yeah, it'll get. Uh, one day last year, and I believe in February, we got like a foot of snow, and shoot, it was. I woke up that morning to go to work, and it was like, uh, you know, 10, 12 degrees. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Yeah, so we get we get extreme on those ends. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys get it. <laughs> you guys get it uh, harsh on either end of the yeah. spectrum. <laughs> yeah, that not a. I enjoy the cold though. Like when it gets, when it gets like ten degrees or like twenty degrees, I love it. Like I wear when I'm waterfowl hunting up here, and like 
all it is is just wearing the right gear. And so, like, when I have, like, all everything I need on, I'm fine. Like, that's my favorite type of hunting. Birds are moving well, and, like, it's just fun. I don't know. That's like I learned uh, a few years ago to uh, Sitka. I mean, I'm a big Sitka guy. Yeah. All our guys work at Sitka. And I, I figured that I went on a... I went to Amarillo on a goose hunt with a Cadillac Creek Outfitters. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we went up there that morning, and it was seven degrees with like a 30-mile-an-hour wind. <laughs> and yeah. I was the only one not wearing Sitka, me and my son. Yeah. And I kept going to the truck to warm up while we were, you know, putting the spread out, and everybody else was taking clothes off. And I, right then, I mean, as soon as we got done with that hunt, I, I started buying my Sitka stuff. <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah i uh i have a like a big white tail jacket of the sitka but then i'm ordering um i'm ordering the hudson bibs and uh the dakota hoodie for the waterfall camo in like august i I, I got the hudson bibs uh that's that's like my everyday deal the hudson bibs hudson bibs dakota pants and the, I mean, just my personal preference, I got the Fahrenheit uh, vest and it's a Prima Loft, you know? Yeah. It's not as durable as the Dakota, but it's, you know, it, but I, you know, I wear my Hudson bibs over and then I wear a hoodie underneath. And usually that's, I, I usually rock that until it gets really cold. And then I'll throw, I got a Hudson jacket I'll throw on. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my buddy has the Dakota hoodie. And I used that when I went down to Nebraska in, like, February. And I wore, like, my long-sleeve thermal sweatshirt vest, and then I put that over it. And I was I was perfectly fine. So I think that's probably that's probably the move for me. And then those, um, the Hudson bibs, I like how they're up on you. Like Yes, like they go up high on your chest. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. like, the layout pants are really nice. But, like, I like to have it, like, up on me. I feel like it, I don't know, I just, I like that feel better. That's what I mean. Like, I'm kind of a, I'm a bigger guy. So, like, a buddy of mine has a layout pants, but they come a little higher on the waist than I like. You know, they kind of come up, like, in an in a odd spot on the waist, you know. So, I like the Hudson Bibs. They come up high on my chest. So, I, I, I like them. Yeah, and you can, like, they, and like they were talking, too, you can wear them damn near all year. Yeah, I do. I mean, even even on days when it you know it starts out cold and then it warms up to you know fifty degrees, I can wear my Hudson bibs and I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just a good overall pant, like bib pant. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But one of the best moves I made was getting them Dakota pants. I don't know if you have those. But I, the Dakota pants have the, they have that fleece lining. Yeah. And dude, those things are spectacular. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta look into those then. Cause yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked into like anything other than like the outer layer stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely, I'll check those out. Cause yeah, I wouldn't be opposed of getting like a pant. Cause I could imagine that in the early part of the season when you don't need the Hudson bibs like up here. Um, that I could wear just those, even. Yeah, that's what I do. Like during the early season, I wear just those Dakota pants, and then you know, hoodie and, and a vest or, or whatever, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When does your season start down there? 
our seasons start at the end of October and the beginning of November. So we get like, and we don't have any splits. You know, we only splits we have is for dove. So oh, once yeah. we start hunting uh, ducks and geese and cranes, we hunt uh, from the end of October till the, the first weekend in, in February. Oh, wow. So that's, you know, uh, crane season. Crane season ends the last weekend in January and, and, and geese end the last weekend or the first weekend of February. Okay. And you get you guys don't get big Canada's down there. You get the lessers. Yeah, no. We every once in a while you'll get a, a you know a greater mixed in, but I mean ninety eight percent of it's all lesser. Yeah, yeah. We that's other way for us. We get all big geese, and every once in a while a lesser will sneak in. I think we shot two of them last year. Right. That's not me. Like, you know, I can I can run a lesser call, yeah. But I don't ever even practice running a you know like a, a goose call because we don't we don't get these. Yeah. Oh, you know, exactly. So I just you know I can run a lesser call fine. I hunt a greater last year. I, I was actually crane hunting, and actually shot a greater while we were crane hunting. Oh wow! And that's the first time first time I've shot one. Ever. No kidding. Craning is pretty big down there. Yeah, we we keep cranes. Uh, they'll start rolling in, uh, you know, end of October, beginning of November, and they'll stay here until uh, I've seen them here as late as like mid February. So they they winter here, and they actually you know they stay local. You know they they you know you're not hunting migrating birds. You know you're hunting birds that are here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a little different way of hunting than what we do up here because we're like once the season starts really rolling, we're getting new birds in like every every day. And so, yeah, like our our best crane hunting is like you know, and of course it's in November and December because those birds are just coming in. But like in December, you know, mid to late December and all month of January, you're hunting birds that are you know that are or local birds, you know, so they're, they've already seen, you know, everything you can throw at them. Oh, I can imagine. You know, and there's so much competition here, you know, they're getting, they're getting shot at every day, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't have a ton of competition in our area, which is nice. I mean, you'll see guys out there a good amount mid-season, which is like October, um, but once it gets cold, once that cold snap hits, you don't see anyone. Like, I mean, besides the very few people that actually grind it out and, like, hunt, hunt in 20 degrees or lower all the way down to, like, negative 10, negative 15. Right. But That's like, like, like I, you know, I live in a, in a little town called uh, Coahoma, Texas. And uh, it's right outside of Big Spring. And we hunt like between where I live and Lubbock. Um, so like on my way to where we hunt, you know, on my way to the field in the mornings, I might see two or three outfitters, you know, setting up, you know, in different fields, just, you know, on my way to our field. Yeah. Yeah. So we, it, we got a whole lot of competition. Is it hard to get permission on fields down there? Uh, you know, I've tried a few times, but, uh, we got a guy 
that owns it. His name is Jonathan Underwood. And he has the gift of gab. I mean, he can just walk up and knock on anybody's door. And the next thing you know, you know, three days later, we're out there hunting. Yeah. So I, I don't know how he does it. You know, he's, he's, he's very friendly. Yeah. You know, but he don't have a hard time. Yeah, I can. Yeah, like Minnesota, the only real time that people don't let you hunt is if family hunts. That's basically the only thing. Not very, very few times do they say we already have someone else hunting it. See, here it's the other way. I mean, every once in a while you'll get one that says, you know, well, I'll let my family hunt here. But, but usually, you know, if somebody don't give you permission, it's because another outfitter's already, you know, got it locked up. Yeah, I heard. I heard um, out there it's grown pretty big for outfitters to. I feel like Texas is getting a lot bigger with waterfowl hunting. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially out here, uh, you know, out west is the kind of like the you know the mecca for Texas. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you'll get some ducks. You won't get any. Well, so you, you'll get very few geese. Uh, it's very, very, very few cranes. East Texas, you might get some, you know, you'll get some good ducks in East Texas, you know, because all the tanner and, and all the lakes they have. Yeah. Uh, the rivers, you know. Uh, so you'll, you'll get some good duck out there, you know. Uh, but out here, we get everything. You know, we, out here in West Texas, we get, you know, every kind of, every kind of hunt you can, you, you want to do, we can do it out here. Yeah. I saw you guys were shooting some uh, cinnamon teal. Yeah, we actually, um, you know, we kind of focus more on greens than anything. Yeah. So last year we we duck hunted maybe six or seven times all season, and we I think we shot four cinnamon teal. Jeez Louise. Yeah, that, you know it's it's funny because you know that that's a lot of people you know like that's the bird they want. Yeah. And that's why I always tell people, you know, yeah, you know, I, you know, we kill them out here every time I went scouting last year for ducks. I mean, I've seen cinnamon too every time. Yeah, that's that's so rowdy because that'd be such a cool duck for me to shoot like that. And you guys get fully plumaged blue wing teal, which we don't get up here. Like right. when, when we shoot our blue wing teal, they all look the same. Right. So that'd be really cool to shoot like a fully plumage blueing teal. And we'll keep them, you know, we'll keep teal all year. Like, like you know, we, uh, every time we went duck hunting, we killed teal, you know, they, they stayed here all season. Uh, we don't get a lot of divers though, you know, we don't get a lot of divers because we don't have a lot of water. You know, we, we get a lot of, uh, main ducks we shoot are, are spoonies, uh, mallards, uh, uh pintails. And uh, widgeon. Okay. And teal. Yeah. Yeah. So most of the divers that I see on like social media or something that's from Texas, probably on the east side of the state. Yeah. More than likely, they're they're central. Uh, some land in a town down here called San Angelo, uh, south of where I'm at, and uh, they have you know. The public land was right there on some lakes. There was like two or three lakes right there together. Yeah. And I used to go out there and just wreck the divers, you know. Oh wow. But uh, I think like us this year, we you know we only shot 
like you know one time we shot a ring neck you know it came out of nowhere uh buffalo heads we do get a lot of buffalo heads okay it's fair. buffalo heads fair enough how how's the um have you ever hunted the gulf no, I've never, I've never hunted the Gulf. Uh, only places I've hunted is uh, Central Texas and West Texas. Okay. Yeah, Texas is a pretty big state. Yeah, it's like fourteen <laughs> hours to drive across. It. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's quite a drive to make. Uh, yeah, I can. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that's like when we make our trip out to Montana um to fish in the summer that's 15 hours from where i'm at so that's that's a long way <laughs> yeah like like i live in uh like i said i live in Cahoma. yeah and uh I, I work in the oil field so sometimes i'll go to louisiana to work oh wow and uh text me the other day i went to shreveport to work and it took, it's like a seven or eight hour drive you know in el paso is still four or five hundred miles from where i'm at you know, west. Yeah. So yeah. there's still a lot of state to cover just to get to El Paso. Yeah, that's. Yeah, Texas is huge. I mean, that's such a cool state. Like, I don't know. I I find Texas really neat. You know, it's but, weird because like uh, you know, uh, we go like we'll go to Arkansas, uh, snow goose hunting. Oh yeah. Uh, with a guy out there. And, you know, you listen to people talk about, like, cranes, and, you know, a lot of states, you know, you have to put in for a draw to get one crane, you know, or, you know, you're, you're allowed one crane or two cranes, you know. And here, we can kill three a day. Yeah. You know, we kill three cranes a day, you know. We can do it every day of the season. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We, we have a – you see a decent amount of cranes up here. Um early season for honkers and there's only one spot in minnesota which is the northwest corner that you can shoot one crane the whole entire season that's crazy yeah so you can only shoot (laughs) (laughs) like if you want to go chase cranes you can only kill one of them and then that's your that's your tag for the year but, I mean, you know, I, I'm not sure, you know, because I've never been up there. But, like, down here, I mean, they're, you know, they're like cockroaches. You know, they're, I mean, where, where you see 10, there's, you know, 10,000 behind them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got I got a video last year when I was out scouting uh, outside of La Mesa, Texas. I had them coming into a feed. There was probably, I don't know, probably seven, 8,000 cranes in this feed. And they were just piling in, you know, left and right. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, everywhere out here. You, you leave my house and head north towards Lubbock. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's cranes everywhere. People's backyard, you know, there's, there's a house uh, north of Big Spring that has like a, t- a stock tank in the backyard. Okay. And those cranes will, they'll loaf out there in that stock tank around, you know, midday. Yeah. And it's literally 50 yards behind this person's house. And there's, you know, 8,000 cranes sitting on this stock tank. <laughs> She's pretty wild. Yeah, we, I mean, we'll have maybe 50 cranes is a lot of cranes in one field. Like, if you you see that many cranes in one field, I'd be like, geez, that's quite a bit. (laughs) We don't, we don't, we don't hold a lot of lessers here. Like, like where we're at, 
Yeah. Um, if you go a little bit further north, it, it kind of you know rotates year to year. Okay. Um, this last year we didn't we didn't have a lot of geese this last year. I mean we had we had some good goose hunts, um, but they stayed they all stayed up around Amarillo, like in that area. Yeah. I mean, them guys were just murdering them up there. And uh, you know we we we'll get on them if, if we have them we'll get on them, but we don't guarantee you know you know crane hunts that's different, but a goose hunt you know it's if we got them. Yeah. Oh yeah, I hear you. Yeah, just different different parts of the state where you're at, and Texas is so big that it, I mean they can go anywhere. Yeah. Like I feel like for cranes and stuff like that do they when they roost i've never seen a crane like where do they go at night do they just go to water yeah yeah they'll go to water um we like we have out here they call them fly lakes okay and it's it's basically like uh it's basically like a dimple in the earth you know if you, if you look at a map of the panhandle of texas like kind of where kind of where we're at yeah you'll see a bunch of little bitty bodies of water Okay. And like we we have some fly lakes that we hunt that are three or four hundred yards across, but they're only you know eighteen inches deep. Oh really? So them cranes they'll pile into them things at night, and you know they'll just stand in, you know stand in the water, and that's kind of where they roost and where they roll at. Huh? Never knew that. Yeah, yeah. Our, our water like a lot of times we don't have to wear waders. You know, we just wear like knee high knee high mud boots and we're good. Oh really? Yeah, that's that's way different for us. We uh like all our spots are really mucky and deep. Like all the bodies of water every once in a while like you'll find a like a little pond that's not terribly deep, but I'd say damn near every fi- pond that we hunt, it's at least in some part chest high or deeper. Yeah, like, we I think we have one pond that we hunt that gets about waist deep. Hmm. And we, 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 we duck hunting in a pond last year that we actually had to use our feet to dig out, dig holes to put the duck decoys in. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how shallow it was. <laughs> yeah. And we still killed ducks. I mean, they, you know, they still came in and we killed them. But we had to, we had to dig holes out for the decoys. Yeah, that's a whole different way of hunting down there then. <laughs> It's yeah. different. Yeah, because, like, for us, when we're hunting, I mean, I have, like, 60-inch Texas rigs or, like, 72-inch ones because, like, uh, especially up north when we're hunting, when we're hunting, like, big rice ponds, wild rice ponds and stuff like that, it's really, really deep. And, like, it'll be, like, you'll have a little like bank and then of like floating like moss and stuff like that that you can walk across and then it'll just drop to like six or seven feet deep and we don't have that problem (laughs) and so like if you don't have a boat or a canoe or something to like go throw your decoys out you aren't going to be able to make it out there like our our biggest problem is like we like we'll have a you know a, a body of water will fly a lake that it might be there on Thursday but it's so shallow that you know next Tuesday it might be gone. 
you know, they'll dry up on you real quick. Yeah, I can imagine with all that heat, stuff dries up, no problem. Like, we, uh, if we get really wet, like summers, that's really when we'll have a good year. It's because, like, we'll find a bunch of flooded cornholes and stuff and just go murder the ducks. Like, yeah, that's. I, w- I wish we had. I wish we could get some of that here, but we don't. I know some buddies up north. They had that last year. They had a flooded cornfield that they stayed flooded all season. Yeah, and they would just go out there and just you know wreck you know greenheads all day. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like middle of October and you're hunting a flooded cornfield. And you're yeah. just gonna murder birds. Like, so we get a lot of cotton, like like where we're at. Uh, a lot of our ag- agriculture is cotton. So, you know, you don't ever see geese and cotton here, and I, I don't know if it's because you know the height of the stalks. I really haven't figured that out. Okay. You know, cranes they can get in there and, and walk around, you know, no problem. Yeah. Uh, but cranes they they love them cotton fields. Huh. Really. Yeah, you never, you never see geese in there. You know, I've never seen geese in a cotton field down here. Now, is the cotton picked or unpicked when they're in yeah, there? Yeah, it's picked. Yeah, it's already picked. But the stalks, you know, they're 18, 20 inches high. Okay. And they're, you know, they're pretty, you know, pretty, uh, pretty sturdy, you know. They'll, they'll stick you, you know. And, yeah. and I don't know if them cranes can just get in there and just maneuver around better. Uh but, you know, we always see cranes and cotton fields. Huh. Because you guys, do you have a lot of peanuts where you're at, too? There is. Um, like, north of La Mesa, northwest, there's some peanut fields out there. Um, you know, we, 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 we don't have access to any of that stuff. You know, we've never, we've never hunted it, but there is. Now, the geese, they'll... I've seen them following in and out of that peanut field, those peanut fields, you know, in the evenings. And there'll just be lines and lines of them. Uh, you know, the geese, they, they'll get out there in the peanut fields and destroy them. Oh, yeah. Are those, like, the two main crops that you guys have down there? On the two main down here, we're at, I would say, is, is cotton's number one and corn. Okay. So you guys do have corn down there then, too? Yeah. Yeah, we, we actually have... Uh, quite a bit of corn that we hunted last year oh wow fair enough like in our in our area we we had you know the majority of the corn you know uh pretty much wrapped up yeah yeah that that's the same way uh for us we get we like basically have all corn and then soybeans and wheat and then alfalfa those are kind we of had our... some wheat too. We had, we had a wheat field uh, that we hunted last year that was like our our go to. Like if we couldn't find you know cranes on anything else. If you left that wheat field alone for a week, you could go back and, and you know they'd be right back in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wheat fields up here are killer. Like if you get on a wheat field for early season geese. It's it's unbelievable, and that's 
our our limit up here for early season is five, and then it switches to three, starting in end of September, and it starts Labor Day. So we could shoot five geese up till then, but then from end of September to January, we can only shoot three. Yeah, ours is ours five all year, um, but uh, specs is two. So, like, if we get any specs that kind of get mixed in, you can only kill two of those. Okay. And that counts against your five. Oh, it counts against your five? Yeah. Oh, wow. But we don't get a whole lot of specs over here. You know, we'll, you'll get, you'll get you know, some small groups here and there. You know, you'll get some mixed in. We yeah. see it like we're in, the, you know, like we're in the blind hunting. We see a lot of, you know, twos and threes, you know, specs. You know, you'll see two of them fly over you. They say, you know, one of them's flying over. Yeah, we don't we don't get a lot of a lot of groups of them. Yeah. Do you guys get um, any snows down there? Yeah, yeah, we do get some snows. Uh, every time that we kill geese this year, every time we went goose hunting, we killed some snows. Uh, but we don't get you know large you know populations of them. Yeah, like Arkansas or anything like that. Yeah, like you might have you know if you have a thousand geese on top of you, you know. A hundred of them might be snows. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that must be then the snow is coming down from, like, California and stuff like that, I'd assume. Yeah. And they're, they get, I mean, they get just plumb stupid, you know. We had them last year. They were, a guy shot one of them, and they actually landed on him while he was, we were laying out spread. Yeah. I mean, they'll get five feet from you, and, <laughs> you know, they get pretty dumb. Yeah. That's, that's a different way of hunting too is like we just use layout blinds and a-frames you guys lay like in the middle of your spreads don't you yeah when some we goose do? hunt yeah when we goose hunt we'll lay out um and crane hunt we will you know hunt out of panel blinds and you know we'll hunt like uh field edges and stuff like that yeah yeah because that'd be that'd be kind of fun way to do it, is laying your laying your spread We've never, never done that before. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty pretty amazing when you got you know four or five thousand geese on top of you know tornado on and so loud you can't hear anything. <laughs> you know, you're just ripping away on your lesser column. It's pretty pretty intense. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I've seen some videos and like that'd be crazy to experience. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be. That'd be something else, that's for sure. And those, the dive bombs that they have for, um, like, laying in the spreads, like the extra tall ones, those would be those would be a nice little addition down there, I could imagine. Yeah, yeah, those, those actually work really well, you know, because, you know, used to everybody would lay out and watch, you know. Uh, you know, you kind of build your hide with lights and then, you know, wear white clothes and everything, but... And now it seems like everybody's kind of turning to, you know, using using darks to lay in, and you know, a lot of people are using ghillie blankets and you know, yeah. using stuff like that to lay out in. But you know, you get a lot of white mixed in. I mean, you can see it from above. It's, it's like a big blob. Oh yeah, you know, just a big white blob. Yeah, yeah, we do that a little bit uh, for snow geese, but I feel like if you can get out of the spread for snow geese in the spring. That's how you're gonna kill geese, unless you're using it. Unless you're using a pit blind, that's what we've like 
found out has worked for us if you get out of the spread and just kind of hunt a field edge or whatever it is um that way they can't really see like your big big layout blinds in there or if you're laying in whites because i feel like laying in whites sometime especially in the spring can get they've already seen that all all the way up to where we hunt yeah a lot of people want to lay out but you know you think i mean you know that's what everybody wants to do i mean you gotta you gotta mix it up yeah you know you have to, you have to show them something different yeah exactly and by the time that they're up here after they've been shot up so bad in arkansas missouri because we usually hunt south dakota and and north dakota um but yeah you just got to figure out how to be smarter than those birds because they get they get pretty smart especially the adults once it once they hit south dakota yeah they, they've seen like by the time they get to us they've seen everything you can throw at them yeah yeah we're down down here on the bottom of the flyway you know um cranes and cranes are very very hard to hunt you know when they get down here they are super super wary oh i can imagine yeah we i'd even think about that either you guys are way at the bottom they've been shot at all the way down yeah they've done seen it all by the time they got to us they done seen pretty much everything they could see yeah yeah i mean we're right at the beginning up here so like our hunting like unless unless they're local birds like they're they're pretty easy to kill if you're in the right area and like mallards if you're if you're in a cornfield you're they're probably going to shoot some mallards geese the same way geese can get a little tougher once it gets later in the season because they just they loaf on the ponds all year all the way up until they can't sit on the pond anymore and then they leave but i don't know it's still it's still pretty easy i feel like our a-frames we we got two uh two a-frames this year and like once we started using them in October, I don't think I touched my layout blind for the rest of the season just because we, you could hide them so much easier. I just felt like it was so much easier to hunt out of too. We we tried uh, hunting cranes out of layouts down here, and it just you know didn't work. I mean, you know they, I mean them cranes they'll be coming right at you, and you know you know five hundred yards till they get to you, they'll you know they'll flare off of you and go around you yeah but yeah i mean you pretty much have to be uh have to be in a you know a-frame or a panel blind or something on you know, the field edge yeah we're uh, gonna try something different this year too with um because last year we just hunted all full bodies okay and this year we're gonna you know expand our spread quite a bit we're, we're getting like we're gonna try to run like 10 dozen of the dive bomb uh, crane schemes oh yeah so we're going to run a few dozen full bodies and then, uh, you know, 10 dozen skinnies and, you know, sit down and give them something, something more appealing to look at. Oh, exactly. We, uh, we bought, or I bought, uh, 15 dozen of their, um, Canada ones two years ago. And then I have like seven dozen full bodies and... I mean, last year we touched the full bodies. I mean, I could count them on my two hands, probably. 
like and we hunt every day we can i we just basically throw out all the silhouettes i had and then called it good yeah yeah i mean they they really you know done an amazing job you know dive bomb has on them and then silhouettes i mean they they pretty much changed the game really oh 100 yeah it's it's unbelievable because you can throw them out so quick and like when you're throwing out full bodies in the morning it takes like takes an hour or two if you've got like four guys or whatever and you're trying to throw out seven to 15 dozen full bodies for geese when you can throw dive bombs out you could throw 15 dive 15 dozen dive bombs out in like 20 minutes yeah and that's all that's one of the huge differences like down here is like you know a lot of guys down here will run like you know 100 dozen uh you know 100 dozen decoy spreads you know 100 and uh, you know, a buddy of mine, his name is Jake Suddeth. He uh, owns uh, 806 Gun Dogs, and he's a guide for Cadillac Creek. Well, I go home with him every now and then. And uh, yeah, we did a hunt last year with Dive Bomb. The Dive Bomb guys were there. Oh wow! Yeah, I think we had 120, 130 dozen uh, skinnies out and saw. Jeez. And we killed. There was 23 of us. We killed like a. 140 birds or something 100 I can't remember how, I can't remember how many it was now but oh it was 130 gosh. 140 birds that's ridiculous yeah I mean that, those things they, they work I mean I always, I always see people talking about you know asking if they work and yeah talk about full bodies but that's all you need you, you got some socks and you know for like you know for like we do laying out you get some socks and some skinnies and you're good oh yeah yeah I I'm thinking about just selling all my full bodies and just picking up a few more dozen um, V2s just for late season, get like 30 or 40 dozen like total and just for late season, just run, run those big migrator spreads. And then, cause I mean, I don't, I don't even use my full bodies out that much to keep them in my trailer and have all that space in my trailer taken up when I could just go buy 15 dozen more dive bombs and then take half the time to set them out and kill as many birds as we did last year. You could literally almost do it out of the back of the pickup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, five, five dozen per bag. I mean, you can you can literally almost run, the, you know, run everything out of, the, out of the truck. Oh, exactly. And, I mean... In in the back of my truck, I think I can fit like two dozen to uh, probably more than that. Probably like probably like four dozen full bodies, but I could fit my whole dive bomb spread in my back and still have room for my layouts. Yeah, I mean that's that's a game changer. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, what they've done is absolutely incredible. I'm anxious to see what how we're going to do this year with uh you know the 10 dozen uh you know crane silhouettes i mean i'm pretty i'm pretty excited to see how that's going to work out yeah i mean they i i love them so much and i feel like that'll be definitely something that you could see a game changer in yeah i i don't know ever since i've started using them i can't get enough of them and I you mean, want to go to Arkansas? I was going to go last year, but 
I couldn't make it down there, so we just went. I went to South Dakota instead and North Dakota instead for snow goose, but I was going to go down there last year for snow goose hunting. This will be this this coming up year. Um, be my first time to go actual spec hunting, like to actually hunt specs. I'm pretty pretty excited about that. Oh, that'd be a blast! Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be so much fun. We we shot a couple specs in Nebraska when I went, and they work like nothing else. Yeah, like. Seeing those birds work in, that was so cool, and like how they respond to the call is so much different than hunting big geese. That's another thing I need to do too is go on a big geese because that's something I've never done. Yeah, if you're ever up in Minnesota, just let me know. Yeah, I'd I'd like to do that. We're gonna make some rounds this year. We're gonna go to uh, Maryland and go sea duck hunting. Oh wow! Um, so that's kind of a that's. You know, I saw a deal the other day on Dive Bomb's uh, forum page about, uh, you know, bucket list birds. And I don't really have a bucket list bird myself, but, like, that's something I've always wanted to do is go see that thing. You know, yeah. Like, that, that, to me, is like, that's my bucket list on Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree with you on that. There's so many cool different ducks that you can shoot out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's and like an otter, I mean, if you could get a hold of an otter, dude, that's like, I mean, that'd be it. Oh, yeah, 100%. And to be able to hunt out of, like, layout boats and stuff like that, like how they yeah. do it out there, that'd be that'd be so much fun. I think we're going, we're going to, on the Chesapeake Bay, so we're going to go kill uh, scoters and old squaws. Oh, I wow. I think that's kind of their main deal, so. That'd be awesome. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, Chesapeake Bay is like the like mecca. Yeah. Like every everywhere I see people kill, a lot of divers or a lot of sea ducks is out there. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty pumped about that. Hopefully the the coronavirus don't screw us out of that. Yeah, when do you guys plan on making a trip out there? That's gonna be, I believe it's December sixth or seventh. Okay. So I think that's uh, right, at, right at the beginning of December. Okay. So, yeah, so basically, you gotta, we're just going to, you know, that guy's going to come crane out with us, and we're going to go uh, see duck with him. And oh, see how nice. Yeah, absolutely. You got to make sure to wear your warm clothes up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, about that time, it's going to start getting chilly, and I can imagine <laughs> up, in, up there on the water, it gets cold. I hate the cold. I, I like the cold for from uh, November to January, and then I'm over. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I ready for it to warm up. Yeah, I I'm the same way. I love the cold, but once about February hits, like end of February, and then I'm just done with it. Like, yeah, we get our ice fishing in and stuff like that. But I mean, from when it's snowing in march and april i'm just like that that's unnecessary (laughs) like like just cut it off once february is done and let me start turkey hunting or whatever and call it good yeah that's one thing like once it gets uh like march april out here like one day it'll be 
you know, it might be 58 one day and then three days later it's 92 and then the next, you know, three days later it's 63. I mean, it's, it's all over the place once it gets, you know, once we get spring out here. Yeah. Yeah. That's for us. It's like, you know, it could be nice. It could be 70 one day and then it could snow a foot in April, like right. the next two days. And it's just like, that snow is really unnecessary. come on now but like you have to when you're up here you have to expect at least one snowstorm in april that's what i've that's what i've learned you always have to expect at least one and we had one last year right because our turkey season up here you only get one week to hunt a turkey and so it snowed that week and it turned all the birds off and so didn't get to bag one that year but that's how she goes i guess oh no here's the wind like you know the, the wind is just killer out here it's just relentless you know because we don't we don't have anything to block you know there's no trees out here so i mean you, you know you might it might be a 30 mile an hour wind you know every day for a week you oh know, wow. it's just like it's like torture <laughs> yeah it's, it's like, that's what I was telling somebody that, that's like you're, it's almost like you're getting waterboarded yeah and I can't imagine all the dust that blows up with that mm-hmm. yeah cause when it gets it gets windy every once in a while but I mean not not to that extent necessarily I mean, yeah, we'll it's, have, it's, it's ridiculous out here we'll have one day like Actually, our best day of duck hunting last year was like, it was blowing like 45 mile an hour gusts and it was snowing. It snowed like a foot and a half that day. I almost actually crashed my uh, trailer that morning (laughs) and then on the way out to the field. But I mean, it was snowing so hard and so windy that every mallard that was coming off the roost, they were just flying low and just straight to our spread. Right. <laughs> just trying to get out. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> just trying to get out of the wind. And we we threw it. I think we had to walk into that field, and I threw out. I want to say like a dozen mallard full bodies, and then like two dozen goose full bodies, and then threw up our airframe and called it good because we didn't <laughs> even like. I was like, I'm not gonna bring anything more than I can carry out there. <laughs> yeah, I remember probably two years ago, we were like at the end of season. Um, we were probably, I think, it was the last week of season, and uh, we we come up, we come up on some geese, you know. So we're gonna go out there and just try to you know, do a little afternoon deal after work, you know, just me and a couple other guys. Yeah. And the wind was blowing, you know. 30, 40 miles an hour. So we're sitting there laying in the spread waiting for these geese to fly over us, you know. Yeah. Like they have been every day. And and underneath the spread, you can watch them. They're in a field, you know, a couple miles away. And you'd see them. They'd try to get up. You'd see them try to get up. And then they'd get back down. Yeah. You know, they'd try to get up and they'd get back down. And you know, they, you know the wind was just keeping them down. Oh, yeah. And uh, as soon as as soon as soon it got dark, we picked everything up. We shot a few, you know. Um picked everything up and was standing there by the trailers talking, you know, right at right about dark. The wind kind of died off and just thousands and thousands of geese were flying over us. So we're like, son of a gun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking wind. Oh, that's how it goes. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine the geese down there wanting to do any flying on that open terrain when it gets real windy. Yeah, it's, it, it can mess a hunt up real quick. Oh, yeah. You know, you get them 30, 40 mile an hour, just straight line winds. I mean, it can mess a hunt up real quick. We've had them where they, you know, they can't get down in front of us. So they'll try, you know, they'll get down behind us, you know, because they, they just can't get down. Yeah. Or the, or the wind will hold them up, you know, and you can, you know, the, the wind will hold them up 70, 80 yards above you and, you. and you can see them. You're sitting there just looking at them. And they're, you know, you can see their heads just moving around and looking, you know. Yeah. And they're like, well, see you later. <laughs> Either it looks good or they're out. Yeah, they'll, they'll just sit there and try to find something. Yeah, that'd be. And especially with all those eyes, too. You guys get, I feel like down there, um, you get a lot more geese on feeds than we do up here. Yes, like, yeah, we'll get thousands and thousands. Yeah. Like a good feed up here is like 2,000 birds. Yeah, the, like here you, you got to be like maybe maybe that's like that's like a really good feed. I'd probably say, especially early season, like early season feed, a good feed's like three hundred to four hundred, and then yeah, like like here it's not it's nothing to see you know ten, twelve, fifteen thousand you know on, on a feed here. Jeez Louise. Yeah, you yeah. know the, and they'll uh, you you got to be. You know, you kind of got to be patient, you know, when you're calling your shot and stuff because, you know, you, they'll just keep, they'll just keep, you know, swarming over, you know, they'll, they'll tornado and, you know, you'll have a group of, of 15 that'll be right on top of you, but you'll have a group of a thousand coming right behind them. Yeah. You know, so you, you kind of got to, you know, you think to yourself, okay, do we kill these 10 or do we wait for these thousand, you know, because if you wait for those thousand, they might not ever come back. They may circle off of you and, and be done. Oh, Yeah. You know, so you kind of got to, you know, pick your shots pretty good. Yeah. That's the same way with uh, snow goose hunting, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, a, that's the toughest thing for people is just calling shots. Yes, 100%. Cause, yeah, because a lot of guys get greedy, man. They want the, you know, they want that big spin on top of you, you know. And yeah. it, 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 in all reality, if, if you have, you know, eight guys and you're, and you're blind or you're, you're laying out, and you get 20 geese on top of you, you're not going to kill all 20 of them. And if you get a thousand geese on top of you, you're not going to kill all thousand. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh yeah. So, I mean, I, I just try not to get greedy. I don't, I don't want, I don't get greedy. If there's 15 on top of me that are in the hole and they're doing it, you know, I, I want to get those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause more times than not, you're not going to kill. Like, all that many. Yeah, you're not, I mean, you're going to kill a few of them. Yeah. That's the same way, like, with us, if we have one flock coming in and then another flock behind them, I'm just going to... If that first flock is in there and there's, like, 10, 15, I'm just going to call it because the chances of us killing all 15 with, like, five guys is that means everyone's got to hit their shot which is very slim <laughs> and, then, and then and the more birds look at you the more you know the easier you know somebody some one of them's gonna pick you out you know the, the more eyes you have on you you know something's gonna something's gonna see something they're not gonna like or 
and they're going to burn out. They're going to take everybody else with them. Oh, exactly. And I feel like that's the biggest thing. You get that one flock in that comes in super close, and then they might make another turn, and then the other ones come in, and then they flare off. That first group, like they they're right in there, and then they just flare off because they they don't like it, and then that other fo- that other group just follows them. Yeah. Yeah, so we just we just try not to get too greedy, you know. I mean, so I mean, sometimes it's hard, you know, especially when you got big tornadoes on top of you, you know. Yeah, just try not to get too greedy. Yeah. Oh, I hear you on that. I don't blame you one bit. Do they have any? Um, do they have any banding stations down by you guys? No, no. Uh, Texas does not have any any banding program, so. In our flyway, like where we're at, bands yeah. are very rare. Really? Yeah, I mean, they're very, very rare. Do you guys ever see any, like, neck collars or anything shot down there? No. Uh, no, we don't. Uh, last year, a guy for another outfitter shot a, a banded crane. Oh, wow. That had... Uh, I think it had a, actually had a geo tracker on it, and it, and, uh, it came from Russia. Jesus. Yeah, and it ended up, ended up shooting it out here. That'd be really cool to see. Yeah, that would be, especially coming from Russia. That'd be a way different, way different vibe. Cause that's that's a long flight. <laughs> yeah, that's a long way. <laughs> we we very like like even. You know, you talk to these other outfitters down here, and they, you know, very, very rarely shoot banded birds. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they don't band as many lessers as they do big geese. Yeah, probably not. And then ducks, you know, you know, every once in a while you'll see somebody shoot a banded duck, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a couple guys shoot banded cranes. <laughs> yeah. We have, I mean, where we're at, and all around in the states, like up north here, there's a bunch of banding stations. So, like in in Mankato, um, which is like the southern part of Minnesota, like southwest corner, they have a banding station. And we hunted um, like two miles away from it because my buddy goes to school down there. And we killed, I think five bands was our best but we killed probably like 20 that season because right. <laughs> i've mean, only seen one band yeah like but, uh this last year in arkansas we uh you know we got a snow goose that had a band on it oh yeah yeah we um i don't find it like super cool to shoot a band that's was born two miles away like mm-hmm. I don't think it's that cool. I like to see them if they're... I shot one from uh, Iowa, and then I shot one from Wisconsin, and then the rest were from Minnesota. But, I mean, I don't I don't find it that, that neat if someone has a bunch of bands that are all from, like, a mile away. Yeah. I mean... Like uh, Tennessee... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like if you have just a lanyard of bands and they're all banded all in the same area, it's I don't know. Yeah, uh, and I mean, like me personally, you know, 
there's a lot of times where I don't like I, I've got to Ronnie and shoot. Like I'll I'll take pictures. You know, I like to call, take pictures. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we're if, you know maybe we got some some folks that maybe can't shoot that well. You know, we'll all you know start shooting. But yeah, um, I'm more. I just enjoy going visiting with people. Mm-hmm. I like to take pictures. Now I love taking pictures. Oh yeah. Uh, you know that's kind of kind of what I like to do. Yeah. Yeah, I started taking pics um, this past season too. It's a lot of fun. Like, oh yeah, it's super fun. It's it's really fun to like take pictures and then see the shots that you get after, and then I don't know. There's just something about it. It's almost it's almost as fun as you know as shooting your gun. Yeah, like it's, it's kind of got the same you know same uh, you know kind of adrenaline rush type deal. Oh, you know, when you get a good pick. Oh yeah, big time. When you get a cool pick and then show all your buddies and stuff like that, and yeah, it's 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 a blast. It's it's a. We actually had a couple. Uh, we had a couple swans come in on us last year. We were hunting a uh, a little plot lake. We were uh, we're actually we we killed ducks, you know, first thing, and then you know, because I don't know about up there, but like our geese, they get up a little bit late. You know, they they don't start flying until you know, nine, ten o'clock sometimes. Oh wow. So we we got up got there early that morning, you know, hammered on some ducks and then kinda of waited for the geese to come back around. Yeah. And we actually had a couple of tundra swans come in and, and fly over us and land in the water and swim around for a little bit. That's pretty fun. So I, I got some pretty pretty good picks of uh of that swan pair. Oh I can do you guys get a lot of swans down there? No. That's the that's the only swans I've ever seen. Oh wow! That's the that's the the only two swans that I've ever seen. You know, in, in a hunting situation like that, I've never seen swans. Yeah, we get quite a bit of swans up here, and I I uh, one of the rice ponds that we hunt, I there was a neck banded swan. Oh yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, that's a, if I had to pick a bucket list bird, because we can't hunt them here, you, you can't shoot swans in Texas. Yeah, same for Minnesota. Uh, if I had to pick a bird, somebody said, you know, you can hunt this one bird, I would probably, that'd probably be it. Yeah. Yeah, they would, like out in Utah, you see those guys that go kill swans, and you can shoot one in North Dakota if you're a resident. But that'd be, that'd be pretty neat to go shoot a swan. Yeah, yeah, that would be uh, that'd be pretty pretty cool. Yeah, especially like out in Utah when they're hunting. Like, I don't know if you've watched the Hunt Forty One. Have you seen that? Ah, uh, I never heard of that. So it's like they're doing um, on YouTube. It's called the Hunt Forty One, and it's like the chase for all forty-one species of waterfowl. Okay. And I mean, when I say like the coolest film ever like that's an understatement because they go to like all these different places and chase like each species of duck that's like kind of most in that area and they were they were talking about um hunting the great great salt lake out in uh utah and then they were talking about shooting swans out there and stuff and that'd be That'd be really neat. 
That's actually how I got uh, hooked up with this on this sea duck hunt is because uh, I posted some pictures of our cinnamon teal that we uh, that we shot this last season. Yeah. And uh, the guy that we're hunting with hit me up, and he's trying to get you know all 41 species. Oh yeah. And and cinnamons are, are one of the couple that he don't have. So he you know he kind of hit me up and was like, hey you know, I want to come out there and see if I can get a cinnamon. I was like, yeah. Bring it on, man! Oh, absolutely. Let's see if we can get her done. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be really neat. My that's probably one of my bucket list birds is cinnamon, and then I really want to kill a Eurasian wigeon. Oh yeah, yeah, those things are beautiful. Like those things are, I think those are the coolest bird ever. To me, the prettiest bird is spoony. I mean, a full plume Drake spoony. Yeah. I mean, those things are, are beautiful. Yeah, those. We, we get a lot of those out here. Yeah, we don't get we don't get that many in Minnesota. Um, especially not full plumage. Right. When, when we shoot them, they're all like brown and all that kind of stuff because they don't stay around for that long. The ones that do stay here. Um. They're kind of like, they leave around when the green-winged teal leave, which is mid-October, so like two weeks into the season, three weeks into the season. Um, But, I mean, we shoot we shoot some nice fully plumaged green wings, which are kind of cool when you get like... Yeah, we, the, have, we still got spoonies here. I, a couple weeks ago, I was uh, going up to see my dog at the trainer. And every body water I was passing, I mean, there was there be ten or twelve spoonies out there, you know. I stop and look at them; they were, you know, full plume. I mean, dark head, you know, just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. We that's that's us for mallards. <laughs> everywhere they're everywhere, full plumage. I love shooting mallards. That's that's definitely one of my uh, favorite things to do. I would say out here we're probably getting more pintails and mallards but we get you know where we're at on, on our stuff we get a lot of pintails yeah but our limit is only I think this last season is only one so you can't really sell a pintail hunt you know oh yeah exactly cause they they had it at two and then they switched it to one I wanna say for like the entire country yeah and then they moved black ducks up to two which I we don't we don't see the black ducks or pintails very often, so it wasn't that big of a deal for me. But I can imagine that yeah, ruffled ruffled some feathers. Yeah, because I mean, if we had if we could, you know, if we had a higher limit out here, we could. I mean, we could probably sell you know, pintail hunts. But oh yeah, you know, it's hard to hard to tell somebody, hey, you know, come pay and shoot one pintail. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. That's not a very good selling point. <laughs> Yeah, unless unless they really just want to just shoot one, I mean that's that'd be a tough sell. I hear you on that. That's like saying if you want to go shoot one Canada goose or something. Yeah. I mean, if somebody's never shot one, it's one thing. But even that, like to travel all the way to shoot just one, I feel like I don't know. It'd be tough. I think that's what makes the the crane so appealing, you know, like for our area because a lot of people can't shoot. Oh, we yeah. can, you know, you come over here for two or three days and, and you're going to go home with a lot of meat. Yeah, 
I heard they taste amazing too. Oh, dude, they are spectacular. Yeah, I heard they're just the steaks of the sky. Everybody calls them ribeye of the sky, but man, they're they're more like a fillet, you know, because they, they don't have any fat on them. Yeah. Um, but it's you know it's a it's a big chunk of meat, you know. It's a good, it's like a good ten or twelve ounce fillet. Oh wow. Yeah, you know, they're it's a it's a good size piece of meat. Well, <laughs> and you get two of them, so you're getting twenty ounces per bird. Yeah. You know, so you're getting a lot of meat. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And especially if you can shoot three a day. Like yeah. If you bag your limit, that's 60, 60 ounces of meat. Yeah, it's actually worth the money. Yeah. Oh, exactly. You're bringing you're bringing home so much meat, and get to go have fun doing it. Like. <laughs> yeah. Then when them cranes come in, like you know, you get them to to come in right in the decoys. I mean. It's almost like shooting fish in a barrel because they're so big that if they commit and you pop them, you know, them, uh, them tops that blind over, they can't go anywhere because they're so big. <laughs> you know, they're just sitting there. Yeah, I can imagine. I was, I was looking at something and uh, I see guys when they hunt cranes with dogs, they put goggles over them. Yes, they will kill a dog. Jeez Louise. There's actually a guy out here that his dog got killed this last year. Um, he didn't have a vest on him. Oh, yeah. And, uh, sorry, sorry about the train. Oh, no worries. But the crane came around and uh, stuck his beak through the dog's uh, lung. Oh, my God. And actually killed the dog. Jeez Louise. Yeah, that'd be scary. I got a, a 10-month-old uh, black lab. Yeah. And this he's gonna be uh he's gonna be our crane dog so he's gonna be uh, he's gonna get some good workouts this year oh i can imagine how old do you usually start running running them for cranes this will be i mean you can run them you know like like my dog trainer yeah he had his dog out you know uh immediately like you know first season he had him out you know i talked to him about my dog and you know the first you know first little bit you don't, you know, you don't want to send them after cripples. You know, you want to make sure if you send them after a bird that it's dead. Yeah. You know, you know, because they'll fight you. A crane will try to fight you. Yeah. You know, so you want to, you know, just make sure you don't traumatize the dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> having, having a freaking crane come around at him, you know, trying to kill him. So, um, but Deets is going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be pretty much a uh, crane dog all year. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be awesome. That's one of my favorite parts of hunting is watching a dog. Oh yeah, that, I'm the same way. I mean, that's you go hunt with somebody that has a good dog. Yeah. I mean, I mean that just that makes the trip. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. Watching them do like long blind retrieves and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, like it's so much fun to just yeah. I mean, watch yeah, that. People that have never seen that, you know, people that have. You know, they're they don't get to be around it every day, you know, so they're you know, they're they're watching something that they you know, they they never see. You know, watching a dog chase a crane down or a goose or you know, doing blind retrieves. I mean that's I think that is a big drawing aspect to an outfitter. That's my opinion. And that's you know that's why I wanted to get this dog and and get him trained up and and uh you know, it's cool, you know, it'd be cool seeing a dog after cranes. Especially, like, your own dog. There's something about it that's just fun to watch. Yeah. 
Like, you put all that work into it and just get to go see them run, run and kill kill cranes and kill geese and whatever it is. Yeah, dude, my, my, train, my dog trainer, is, uh, he had a dog named Hammer. Big old, like, 100-pound black lab. <laughs> and, dude, that dog was you know, amazing. You know, we'd go home with those guys and, and watching his dog work. Yeah. I mean, you know, I knew when I met Jake that when I got a dog, that's who it's going to. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, he makes hunting dogs. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you guys have uh, quite a bit of kennels down there? You know, in our area, in our area, there's a few. Uh, I think most of them are more East Texas, uh, South Texas area. I think that's kind of kind of where the majority of them are. Um, the good thing about Jake, though, is he's a guide, so. You know, he'll take your dog and he will put it in a hunting situation. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a real great great way to get a dog all trained up. Yeah. I mean, just get him out, experience the real the real deal. Yeah, I actually just bought another uh, female. I bought another female pup. She's pretty pretty highly bred so we're gonna see if we can raise some pops oh yeah yeah that'll be fun how many dogs do you have then i have uh i have two labs right now with this with this other one i just bought that'll make three okay you got a full spread then yeah coming up yeah i got one that's uh i got one that's worthless uh i got a big yellow dog okay and she's just uh she's a lap dog oh fair enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how that's how they go sometimes yeah yeah we, we tried you know we tried with her she just uh you know she didn't have to drive you know i want to yeah but, but Deets, he's gonna Deets is gonna work out he's gonna be a he's gonna be a jam up dog yeah that'll be a lot of fun that'll be that'll be a real good time do you now will you put the goggles and the vest and everything on your dog yep yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, goggle him up and vest him up, and uh, I actually need to get uh, I need to get some goggles for him to you know for him to train in, so it, you know he kind of gets used to them. Yeah. Cause yeah, I I can imagine those cranes. They have a pretty sharp beak. Yeah, it's like seven inches long. It's almost like a number two pencil. Like if you take a number two pencil and sharpen it. Yeah, that's, that's that's about what it's like. No, you know we we shot them, you know hit them, you know hit, they'll hit the ground and stand up and, and take off and shoot them again, roll them up. And you run out there to get them and they still try to fight you. You know they'll try to you know, hiss at you and, and yeah. try to you know take you with their beak or, or they'll get their claws around you. Yeah, they'll rip your clothes. I mean they're they're pretty tough. Oh yeah, especially how big they are. Yeah like and like how tall they are up off the ground because we get i mean if you shoot and wound in canada he's gonna hiss at you he's gonna try to hit you with his wings if they still work um or if one of them does or whatever he'll try to bite you and stuff but i mean i couldn't i can imagine trying to tackle a crane with that big of a <laughs> <laughs> that big of a beak 
<laughs> we had a guy last year he grabbed one uh we shot you know we had had a group come in we shot three or four of them and uh we all ran out there to grab one you know and and yeah. he uh, grabbed one by the neck and went to ring it and whenever he did the crane come around with his uh you know with his uh talons or claws whatever you want to call them yeah and he gra- grabbed that dude by the hand and put three holes in his hand they, they, they dug him in Oof. yeah that would that would suck that would suck yeah they're, they're, they're pretty wild <laughs> yeah because i mean if we have if we have glive geese i mean it can it can turn a dog off real quick if you bring them out too young um but even like us when we if you don't have a dog and you just they get scary some people won't pick them up like some of my buddies he's like i ain't going out there to grab that thing <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, do you just gotta face your fears? Because yep. they they get they get aggressive, but I I would not want to go chase a crane that's been wounded. The best thing you can do is uh, is practice your karate kicks, and uh, <laughs> when, you, when you run up on one, just start karate kicking. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the same way with us. You just gotta either try to grab like your gun and swing it against their head or yep. <laughs> just kick them and or just straight up just full blown tackle them don't even give them the opportunity to come at you <laughs> some guys out here will carry like a, like a kid's aluminum baseball bat oh yeah you know just for just for frames you know just when they're out there picking up cripples yeah just to uh, you know give them a good whack in the head yeah that wouldn't be a bad uh, bad thing to carry around yeah <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be a lot easier way to kill a crane than trying to tackle them. A lot of times you'll you'll shoot one and they'll hit the ground from you know thirty forty yards up and they'll I mean they'll pop right back up and take off. I mean you can you can hit them hard and they'll you know they'll they'll hit the ground but they'll when they hit the ground they're coming up running. Yeah. Are you trying to aim for? Um the head or does it really matter where you hit them like if you hit them in the wings is that gonna get them down too because i know like with turkeys if you hit them in the body that ain't gonna do much or sometimes even geese it just they just take it like a champ yeah like you know a lot of times we'll try to kind of try to aim for the head um body you know more than likely if, if you shoot 20 of them in one day you're only gonna kill a couple of them, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the majority of them, they're, they're, they're gonna want to try to fight with you. <laughs> I mean, those things are freaking, they're tough. Yeah. So you, you might actually kill a couple of them, like, you know, when you pull the trigger, it's dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's way different than when we shoot geese, because, I mean, we'll probably have, I don't know, it depends. If we shoot 20, we'll probably have seven cripples five cripples most of them right. die pretty pretty quick um a lot of times them cranes though they'll, they'll kind of play possum on you. you know you you'll hit them knock them down you'll go out there and get them and you'll think they're dead and the next thing you know they're got the beak <laughs> wide open hissing at you know <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's that's a way different uh way of hunting than what we do but yeah well, I I also don't want to keep you too long because I know we've we've hit an hour and that's 
that's kind of the sweet spot. Um, so yeah, is there anything else that you'd you want to tell the listeners about living the guide life? Uh, no, man. Uh, you know, I pretty much covered it all. I mean, it's a uh, something I've always wanted to do. Uh, I enjoy it. I mean, that's that's the one one passion that I have is you know, getting out and going bird hunting. You know, taking my sons with me. I got two sons. Uh, take them with me and you know, keeping them involved, you know, keeping a, a new generation of hunters involved. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of, kind of my main deal is I want to pass it on, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then would you have any recommendations for young guides getting into it? Uh, well, my, my recommendation probably isn't politically correct. Uh, for a young guy, uh, you know, if it's, if it's something you're passionate about, you know, stay single, you know, uh, focus on that for a little while, you know, get done what you want to get done. And then, you know, and then, you know, go on about life. Uh, cause when, you know, once you start having kids, you know, some of that stuff kind of, kind of goes by the wayside, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I hear it. I mean, that's, you know, that's the advice I gave my son, you know? Cause he, he wants to be a guide, you know, he wants to guide birds. And, yeah. Well, I told him, you know, I said, well, if you, if that's something you want to do and you want to travel, then you need to, you know, do that for a while. And then, you know, until you're done or, or whatever. And then, then kind of, you know, move on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I hear you. But yeah. Well, I want to say thank you once again, Clint. It was a blast having you on. Yeah. I enjoyed it, man. It was a good conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, you enjoy that hot Texas weather, and I'm sure we'll chat again. Oh, yeah. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. We'll see you later. And that wraps it up for today's episode. With Clint, we had quite a bit of talk about crane hunting-wise and what what a dog needs to look like if it's going to hunt cranes because they will jab your eyes out so (laughs) you guys stay safe out there in the crane fields and uh we'll talk to you later